You know, just one of the things to love about Napa Valley is the way it inspires people to craft wine, to cook food, to revel in the beauty of the place, really. And it's no wonder that it is such a draw for the artistic type. We're going to meet two local, renowned Napa Valley artists, John and Donna Bonick, find out what inspires them about being here and how they use Napa Valley, really, in their work of photography, in painting, art installations, on and on. Very inspiring people who will share their stories, how they've become inspired, and I hope you'll become inspired. Now, before we get to their story, I just want to let you know, if you'd like to get some wine, and who wouldn't want some wine, the fine folks at Judd's Hill have a deal for you. If you go to Judd'sHill.com, see what we're all about, look around, meet the family, watch some fun videos, and pick up some wine. Put some in your cart, and on checkout, type in J-N-V-S, all in lowercase letters, and that stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show. You'll get 15% off your entire wine order. Enjoy that. And if you're in our wine club, and if you're not in our wine club, you really should be, you'll get an even better deal than that, of course. Now, if you're not in the wine club, all the information is there on the website as well. Check that out. See what you could be a part of, all the fun, the parties, the events. goes on and on and on. We've always got something fun cooking at Judd's Hill. Be a part of it. Have a look at the wine club. Now, what else can I plug? Oh, yeah, come see me. This isn't a plug. This is an invitation. We're in the southern end of Silverado Trail here in the beautiful Napa Valley. Pop in. We're open daily. Visiting information is also at www.judshill.com, and I'll look forward to seeing you here soon. Until then, enjoy today's show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of finkel fun. Get ready for another heapful of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Stale script and no rehearsing Live from a Napa studio You may be that intriguing person On Judd's Napa Valley Show On Judd's Napa Valley Show Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley Judd's Napa Valley Show And now, live from the 1440 KVON studio In the beautiful Napa Valley It's Judd's Napa Valley Show I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host, Chad Finkelstein. Wowie wow. That was a good one, Lauren. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome, Judd. Top of the day to you. Top of the day, Judd. What's going on? Well, in just two days, The Wizard of Oz will be officially underway in Sonoma. And you are a big part of this production, are you not, sir? Yes, I am. Tell us. Uh, well, before you give us the ticket information, I saw you pick that up. I want to find out, you are playing dual roles, is that right? This is like an all-Lauren, all-the-time production of The Wizard of Oz. Yes. You are the wizard himself. Yes, Professor Marvel. Professor Marvel. Your Uncle Henry. Yes. You are Dorothy. You no. are Toto. No. You are a flying monkey. No. And you, No. None of that? None of that. Well, some of that. Well, some of that. Just as the first two. Oh. Okay, so your Uncle Henry and... The Professor, Professor a.k.a. the Wizard of Oz. Yes. But not during the same show. You won't switch in the middle of the show. Right. It'll be on different nights. You'll be a different character. Yes, not in the same show. I don't want to be like Clark Kent in the telephone booth just rapidly changing costumes all the time. That could be kind of fun. Some of those, uh, what was that show called Greater Tuna where the guys would just run behind and change their costume and come out in a different uh, outfit? So 
So that means that no matter what night somebody chooses to go see this production of The Wizard of Oz by Broadway-bound kids in Sonoma, yes, they will see you. Are you performing every night as one of those characters? Uh, well, technically not every night. I'll, I'll be another character in uh, Emerald City. And you know what his name is? What's that? Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz. Isn't that a... That's like a famous... That's a famous doctor. Yeah, it is. I'm just doing my little take on it. Okay. Do we get a little preview right now? I'm going to need my assistant of the day. Who's it going to be? <laughs> Any volunteers here? We have a couple of nice folks sitting here. Okay, so that's great. Wizard of Oz is coming up. That's starting this week, right? Uh, in just two days from today, yes. Oh, my goodness. Sure. How do folks get to see this? BBK presents The Wizard of Oz, November 14th through 17th, at the Sonoma Veterans Building, 126 First Street West. Uh, yes, in, in Sonoma. Uh, Thursday, November 14th at 6.30 p.m. Friday, November 15th at 6.30 p.m. Saturday, November 16th at 2 and 6.30 p.m. And Sunday, November 17th at 1 o'clock. Tickets are $16 for adults and 14 children or $14 for children and seniors. Tickets can be purchased at Pharmaca at 303 West Napa Street, Sonoma. Uh, tickets can also be purchased at the door beginning one hour before each performance. So that's where tickets are available. Yes. There's not really a website they can go on. No. you gotta, you got to make the effort. Be in Sonoma. Queue up. Yes. These are going to be hot tickets to get your, get your hands on. Yeah. Pharmaca and Sonoma. Absolutely. Okay. Fabulous. Well, break a leg. Thanks. Break lots of legs. You're playing so many different parts. Hey, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a successful judge show, Judd. We couldn't agree more. Okay, very good. I'm glad we're on the same page. Speaking of pages, you've got a page in front of you. I do. Would you like to start the show with what's written on that page? Sure. Why not, Judd? Of our creative community, they're a central part. Eyes, brushes, and lenses honed as sharp as a as a dart. Enhancing our lives with intriguing and lively art. Let's welcome John and Donna Bonnick. Hey, it's the Bonnick family. How are you, John and Donna? Doing great. Fabulous doing great. artists here. here in our community. Glad I'm, to be here. I'm glad you're here. I was very excited when you said you would come on the show because I've been, you know, I've known you a long time and I've been a fan of you guys personally, of the various artistic endeavors, the photography, the painting, the installations. I mean, it goes on and on. And it, I just always get excited talking to you about it, you know, privately and seeing what you do. So here's a chance we can talk publicly and find out a little bit about you and the art. Well, thanks for having us. That sound all right? That sounds great. Okay. Love to talk about art. Let's do that. So where to start? I, you know, I, I was kind of looking over things, and I don't even know where to begin with you two. You do so much. You're so involved in the community. Uh, where would you like to start? Let me let me toss it over to you. That's a very unhost thing to do. Is just I'll let you start going. <laughs> Well, I was born in 1950. No, I, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. Maybe we don't go that far, that far back. But <laughs> but let's let's do talk about maybe the background. You certainly have your you know big reputation here in Napa and Northern California. Did you had you always grown up, uh, John, being an, being an artist? Is that something that yeah. your family nurtured in you? And, you know, I, um, I some of my brothers and my mom were you know talented artistically, um, and my oldest brother was nine years older than, than I am, and so he was off at college, and I was like. 12. And he came home from school one summer, and he was like, Johnny, you need to be taking art classes. And he got me in an art class, in the summer class in the high school, and I come home, and he's playing jazz and Brubeck and Getz and Gilberto, and, and I'm like, That's oh, all my good God, stuff. This, is, this is what I want to do, you know? Just kind of, it, it was just, it hit me, struck me, so I wanted to be a, an artist since I was 12. 
Um, so I took a lot of art classes along the way. I started majoring in art in college, but I ended up switching to literature because I also wanted to be a writer. Mm. And I wasn't. The art class in the 70s was te not teaching me how to do anything. They were just letting me do whatever I wanted. And I was like, well, I don't know what I want to do. There was no guidance? <laughs> there was not enough guidance uh. for me. I kind of wanted to get some better skills. Anyway, so I, I kind of put the art career on the side for a long time and was in the, I was a writer or worked in newspapers and magazines. That's mm -hmm. how we ended up out here in California because I got a job for a beverage magazine. John was a wine writer and um, editor. Editor of a, a, a magazine called Beverage Industry News. That's which what brought us out here from Chicago. Okay, so right, Chicago roots, and mm -hmm. you anticipated my next question. How did you get to California? It was a job writing about wine. But Donna, how about yourself? Did, were, were you doing your photography and art at an early age well, as I well? Always, or? I wasn't, actually. I always loved photography, always admired it, but uh, I never took that step. And then when um, and I... I put myself through college, and as a gift to myself in my senior year at University of Illinois, I decided I was going to give myself a photography class. Ah. And um, that's when I loved it even more. When I came out here, I was just in the world of business, and then, um, which was actually great practice. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to know contracts and you have to know business in order to run a photography business. Sure. Um, and then I decided when I had my second son, Max, um, that I was going to take a little bit more time, take some more classes, study it a little bit more. And then I just got more and more involved, and it just kind of grew on its own, word of mouth. And uh, it's been word of mouth for over 20 years. Oh, you guys, I mean, word of mouth, it, not just word of mouth, you've had some very high profile. We should probably mention some of the high profile gigs that you've had just to mm -hmm. give the listeners an idea of maybe who you are, and then we can delve a little deeper into who you are, um, but I think that's a good way to get mm -hmm. folks familiar. So, you know, I've got a little bit of a list here. It's, this is only a partial list. I mean, some of your works, this is, now Donna, this is your your list here, I believe, right? Uh, in the collections of, and there's pretty much every every big wine family, uh, should I mention names? Sure, I mean, you I mean, can mention names. Francis Ford Coppola is a collector of yours. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, some of the big hotels here you're hanging in there here and in San Francisco I mean it's it goes on and on and then some of your commercial clients Apple Computer and Dean and DeLuca and Esquire Magazine you've been in time I mean these are these are big I have I have some great clients I really do I whether say so yeah whether it's whether I'm just photographing um, special events or whether I'm photographing for some of the higher end um, magazines mm -hmm. um, all, I, I love my clients. I feel like I wouldn't be here in Napa, and I wouldn't have the fabulous life that I have without all the, all the great clients I have. They're gracious, um, generous, and creative. And so I always feel it's a collaboration. Uh, when I, like this afternoon, we're going to be photographing for Verve, um, Verve Wine Tours, which is owned by uh, T. Beller. Yeah, sure, Verve. And so... When I spoke with her, you know, I always asked the questions, what is it that you want to convey in the image? Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody has their own, they bring their own history, they bring their own vision. And um, T. Beller, is, she's a very fun, creative person as yes. well. And so we have a collaborative discussion about how we're going to approach it. So if we get a little sneak preview, what is, uh, how do you approach showcasing a wine tour company of which, you know, there are folks out there doing this. And how is how are you guys going to showcase what they do and make it different and creative well, and exciting for 
potential customers. And it's, it is important because everybody wants to be a little bit different than the other person. You know, you want to stand out. Mm-hmm. And even though T. Beller is, she's got a great personality. Um, she really wants to take care of her clients. What most people will see is the image. Same thing with wine. The first thing that they're going to see is the image, mm-hmm. um, even possibly before they even taste it. So the image is really important to get across whatever whatever they're trying to uh, convey about their product, their subject, um, how their image, how they feel about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be someone's first impression. Exactly. More often than not, is just one picture that they see. In a magazine or on a website. You're right. That's going to have to tell the story. It's going to have to tell the story with lighting, with mood, with content, with uh, angle. Um, All of that has to go into the picture with one image. So it just takes a lot of conversation in the beginning. How do you see yourself? What images have you seen that you really enjoy? Uh, What doesn't work for you? So I I do tend to have a lot of conversation with my clients in advance so I can get across their vision. Isn't that something you spend... What what would be an average amount of time you spend talking and collaborating and thinking and meeting to snap a photo? Of course, I mean the photo session isn't you it's know, at one least, picture. But it's at least a thousand words. A thousand <laughs> words. There it is. But it just seems amazing to me. You spend all that time to capture something that is what what's Split the shutter second. speed? Split second. Yeah. One twenty fifth of a second. One twenty fifth of a yes. second to tell your whole story. Oh, exactly. I mean, certain clients. I, I, when I was photographing for Farniente. Um, I worked with Mary, Mary Grace there, mm-hmm. and we, um, you know, I went out and I visited the site two times. We talked. We had to talk with all the principals, with Beth Nickel, and, you know, how they see themselves. And so it was very involved before I go out and I spend a day shooting for a winery and creating a library for them, basically. Um, so that way, if they have a request for press release and they need a picture of Beth Nickel or they need a picture of the winery or they need a picture of... Um, Larry McGuire. Larry McGuire or the sellers, um, they have a library of images to choose from. So that takes, obviously, a lot more discussion and meetings um, to create this library of images and how they see themselves. Yeah, that's fascinating to think about. Oh, it's Uh, a lot of fun, too. I mean, you really have to get to know these people in order to convey who they are. Exactly. That's got to be kind of fun, too. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I get to go to a lot of places and... um, hear people's sensibilities, and once again, like I said, they, their history comes into it, what they've seen, how, the pictures that they've seen of themselves, maybe even in their childhood that just struck them, you know, that even though they, they might not obviously bring that to the table. They're like, you know, I, I've seen this thing that I really like, and it might be something that they've looked at, you know, when they were little. Do you ask these types of questions? I, I ask them what it is that moves them, what they like, pictures that they've seen that they like. Um, absolutely, I ask those questions. You got to get their personality. Absolutely. Interesting. I remember working with a graphic designer once about. Um, well, it was on a label project, and she was asking questions that it didn't even occur to me. She was asking, "What kind of music are you listening to right mm-hmm. now? What's in your, what's in your iPod? What, uh, what, um, you know, what color? Uh, oh, what was it? It was a funny." Something about the leaves. She wanted to know about what I thought about the leaves outside, which didn't seem to have anything to do with. But it all came together because she got to know who we were and we developed a label. Um, that's that's very cool. Now, with with um, your painting, I know you both do paint. You both do photography. So it's kind of hard for me to you know, point at you, Don, and say with your <laughs> photography and with you, John, say your painting because you kind of do it all. But mm-hmm. I'm going to point at John now and say with your painting, 
I know you do commissions. So do you, when you're doing commissions, do you talk to your clients in the same manner? Or how do, how do you come you, up with something that's going to please you, somebody? Normally the commissions are based on something I've already done. So they've seen um, an image of one of my other paintings in there. They're like, oh, I'd love, to, I'd love to do something like that. I mean, I had one client from New York had seen a painting that's in Bloomingdale's in, in New York, and she wanted the same painting. One of your paintings One of my One of my paintings, yes. Yeah. I have three in New York. Bloomingdale's seems to really like John's work. He's, he's in three different Bloomingdale's around the country. Wow. I'm in San Francisco in the Women's Personal Shopper Division. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm in... Uh, I've got three in the men's department in New York, and then one just went to Chicago. I, I'm not sure where that is, somewhere in there. And I think there's also one in the designer's... There's also one in the designer who designs the interiors of Bloomingdale's. I think he has it in he, his home in he New York. He one for his home. Yeah, oh, I think wow. so. <laughs> so you do have a fan of Bloomingdale's. Yeah, something's going on with Bloomingdale's. So I better start shopping there. All right, next time in New York, we get there about once a year. I will uh, pop in and yeah, look for your artwork. Some things in there. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a, a phenomenon that's going on in the big department stores because Nord, Nordstrom has invent, invested in uh, their own art collection. Oh. and it's, I think it's, it's kind of tr- a trend that's going on, which is great because we need more customers for art, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and a great way to showcase it. People, you know, Bloomingdale's draws folks. So the commissions so, yes. kind of come out of um, either that or maybe an image that they've seen through one of my galleries and they want a variation on it. So the lady in New York wanted a smaller version and I changed it from, you know, kind of a horizontally off square rectangle to a, from a vertical rectangle to a horizontal rectangle. Rectangle, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, that was like you know a little bit of figuring out, and I think the, the the weird thing about doing a commission, especially if it's the same piece, is um, I think the energy in a painting comes from kind of you know, figuratively cutting away a path to the forest that you don't know where you're going, mm. and so there's a tension there because you're sort of discovering it as you do it. And when you have to repeat it, it's like, well, how do I get that tension back in there? Oh wow! So the emotion behind it. Yeah, like you have there. to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how I do that, but I charge more for that. <laughs> <laughs> charge more to force yourself to become emotional. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I mean, it is usually it, it's, it still can be fresh, so it's not really an issue. But um, but it, it's always a, it's a kind of a different kind of challenge. And I like Donna mentioned um, having been in business. And I kind of was in business too. I worked for magazines and uh, things like that. There was always there's always kind of limits, and the limits sort of become your collaborator, collaborator. There's some, something you have to collaborate with. Oh, uh, how so? The state of what you can and can't do. I mean, if it's the size of the painting or the mm. shape oh, of the painting or how or big deadline. it is, or a deadline, you know. Mm. And I, I, in a way, I, I, I enjoy that. Well, that's interesting. Because you like the limits. When I do because it's something you have to. I mean, you have to work with in. It's sort of. It, it takes away the luxury of being indecisive. Mm. You have mm. to decide because you got, you're going somewhere and you have to get there. You don't really have the freedom So you can't choice. just stand around. from choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and you have to rely on your instincts because there's less time. And I think that sort of helps freshen the energy in the painting. So when you are painting, not a commission, but just something for yourself that you have an idea and you want to paint, do you put limits on yourself? Do you impose deadlines? Do you... No, I let it drag out for months. <laughs> you do? You really do? <laughs> no, sometimes. Sometimes I see it and I just want to go through it. Uh, it, it depends. You know, I, I've, because I'm also a photographer and our business is somewhat seasonal, there, at least to the point that certain months are really full, um, I'm kind of more of a, you know, my, I have to kind of work my painting rhythms around that too and have that fit. So, you know, this time of year through the winter, I'm really active. 
and then in the middle of the summer, the late summer, I'm not as active with painting. So, mm. um, but so I, I I do have limits, and I don't let it drag out that long because I know. It'll never, you know, never end. <laughs> but, you know... And he knows I, I'd go crazy. Yeah. Well, she goes crazy anyway, because, you know, a photographer is making snap decisions. Yeah. And it's about precision and about knowing your, the conditions and, and, and controlling them. And painting's about not knowing the conditions and letting accidents happen and noticing which accidents are the ones you want to keep. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's much less precision in it, at least the way I do it. Um, and so, I, you know, that's why I think... Uh, you have there to is, do but it. there isn't. Well, and yeah, on the other hand, I do a lot of close-up stuff, you know, mm. where I'm kind of going minutely. I, I mean, I think, I, I, to be a little bit metaphysical, I think the more consciousness you put into a painting in terms of every square inch and every little bit of it, depth-wise, in terms of layers of paint and also geography of the uh, how many square inches there are, <laughs> the more yeah. consciousness it picks up, and that's what people relate to. Mm, you know, feel it's like not passive. It's because you're, you're you're leaving some you're leaving your record of your decisions. Oh, I like the way you said that, and I'm going to keep that in mind uh, as I'm my next next visit to a museum or when I'm looking at your art, either at uh, Bloomingdale's if I get to one. <laughs> but where where around here can one have a look? Um, That's see. public. I mean, you've got a long list of collectors. Um, there's some wineries, whatnot. But uh, is there anything out and about? Uh, there's something on the Art Walk. Is that or is that Donna? Is that's that your Donna's, that's yeah. Oh, that's yeah, my that's, piece. That's my piece. Well, we can go to that. That's a good, it's a good segue. We'll come back to painting, or <laughs> or we can stay with painting. Okay. Well, I, since I mentioned it, but I do want to know where folks can take a look. Are there? Well, I know you've had some uh, exhibitions here, but is there anything? I'm, that's you know, I'm not, in, I'm not in, a, in any galleries in Napa, um, well, partially because of the, San Francisco. Yes, I'm in a Andrea Schwartz Gallery on Fourth Street in San Francisco, and they sort of I have kind of a regional agreement with them in terms oh, of see. representation. Um, but I do have a piece in Kellum Winery, and I got I used to have a piece. Well, we had that collaborative piece at Sawyer, which is now Johnson Foley, and, and I haven't been in there to see if they kept it in the tasting oh, room. Okay. Um, but, um, well, you know, point. yeah, so I, I don't know. But um, in terms of in Napa, there's not that much. Right. But they could always call me and schedule a visit to my studio. Very cool. And if you want to contact, I've got your website right here. There it's you go. johnbonick.com. That's easy. J-O-H-N-B-O-N-I-C-K.com. Take a look. I've, you know, perused it. There's beautiful works of art. Your contact information is there. You've got a gorgeous studio site here uh, in the south part of Napa. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're very lucky. Yeah. Very, yeah, John paints out of a, um, is it about a 120-year-old shed? Yeah, it was, it was a big shed on our, on our uh, property, and so we uh, we kind of rehabbed it to make it more um, appropriate for painting. So mm-hmm. it's out in our orchard. Uh, there's an old orchard that we had there when we bought the place. So. And that's uh, something else. Now I don't know where to go. I want to talk about the art walk. <laughs> I want to talk about you as farmers and your orchard. Well, since we brought up the art walk, yes, let's, let's, let's talk about that. that. That's, that's a, sort of a new thing here in Napa. Yes, I think this is, this is the second time that they've done the art walk. And the, um, the art walk uh, is in downtown Napa in all different locations. Um, the Arts Council selects 15, you know, there's a jury, and they select 15 works of art from uh, entries from all over the country. Mm-hmm. And um, they did it two years ago because the pieces that are selected are up for two years. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a great variety of work, all different kinds, types, artists, sensibilities. It's, it's very interesting. If you haven't had the opportunity to go, you can get the list of where all the locations are in downtown Napa. And you can get that 
and it's all sculptures. At I the Art say. Council Napa Valley. Arts Council Napa Valley. You can get it online, yeah. um, or you can contact the Arts Council, and there's brochures. Cool. Um, there may even be an art walk. If you just adapt art walk, Google that. I'm mm-hmm. sure you would get some information. And there's an art walk map. Also, so you can go from spot to spot, and it's it's you can walk the whole collection in probably twenty minutes. Yeah, downtown's not that big. No, downtown's not that big in Napa. Even like like John, I say, even though we have an international address, it's a small town. It is. Well, there's the West End. There's the East End. Yeah, Yeah, hers is on the West End. Oh, mine is on the West End. Mine is. I this this was very exciting for me. I've always wanted to take photography from two D photo paper. And digital now mm-hmm. in people's computer, and take it to a 3D place. And uh, when I saw that there was this this contest um, for sculpture, I decided that I wanted to try to bring something to there. So I created a um, a sculpture that has uh, it's a, on metal. So it's a photo sculpture on metal, and it's um, a tr- eight foot tall triangle. I mean, help me with this, John. Describe this. Yeah, it's a th- it's a three sided piece that are that each panel is four feet wide, by eight feet tall, mm-hmm. so, and it's put it together as a triangle. So there's content, photographic content, on all three sides, from you know, from the ground eight feet up, and it's on a p- beautiful pedestal. It was organized. eight feet up, windows yeah. on the sky. That's, oh, windows in the sky. Have you have it. you seen it or? I, yeah, that's that's the name of the piece, right? It is the name of the piece yeah. exactly, and it's right across from Norman Rose, and um, I think Kelly Fuller did a little talk about it. She does she did a talk about many of the different sculptures, so you can go with your scan. Oh, your she's iPhone. the voice of the tour. Yes. Right, she's I the voice of the, the tour. tour. So there, on each piece, you can do a little scan and hear a talk about each artist. Oh, that part I didn't know. That's yeah, that's well, great. Well organized. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, it's very organized. It's it's it was really uh, exciting to be selected for that and to be part of that and to have a piece that is up in Napa. I, I am going to brag about her because there are 250 en- entries, not just U.S., Canada, other places, and uh, and only 15 were selected and only one from Napa. Ta-da. I'm here to represent. You're the one. <laughs> well, I'm proud. Thank you for representing. We have to take a quick break. Okay. I'm here with John and Donna Bonick, artists extraordinaire. We're going to find out more about their amazing artistic life and projects. And we'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after these messages. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a variable cornucopia of fingal fun. And now, back to Napa Valley's ambassador of good times, fine wines, and lame rhymes, Sean Fingelstein. Oh, you, Lauren. And I think master of squeaky chairs over here as well. Uh, I have John and Donna Bonick, artists extraordinaire, really been enjoying talking to you guys about photography and painting and Art installations and all kinds of great stuff. And there's a project that you've been working on, John. You're coming up, did you say four years now? Yeah, actually four years. Yesterday was the beginning of fourth year. So the end of the third year, the beginning of the fourth year. Wow, it's been that long. This is this is great. I'm going to let you just get right into explaining it. This is the Sunrise Project. Yes, it's. Uh, I call it, actually I call it Daybreak Napa Valley. Okay. And so, because um, I don't always, it's not always precise. It allows me some leeway on timing. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's about the beginning of the day. So um, I started, uh, I, I, I photographed the sunrise every day, and I put it on face, my Facebook page. And it really kind of started uh, simultaneously that way. One morning I was up early, and there was this incredibly dramatic sunrise. And so I photographed it, and I was just a novice at Facebook, and I 
put it up on Facebook. And, um, of course, I got a nice response. And, you know, I'm, I'm like one of Pavlov's dogs. Sure. So the next day <laughs> yeah. there was another dramatic Your sunrise. bell got rung. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I put it up again. And then, uh, you know, and I was like, well, you know, good response again. I'm curious, how long will it take for people to get bored with something that's really beautiful if I do it every day? So I'm going to do it for a, a month. Let's see what happens. So by through week three, I'm, I said, I'm going. I'm going for it. I'm going for a year. I'm going to do it for one year. And so um, then I started counting down, you know, um, day two of 365, day mm, three of yeah, yeah. You know, just to build a little drama into it, and everybody would kind of get the, the idea. And so by the time I was done with a year, I was I was hooked. It was too late. Really? You like that? It was that? a thing. <laughs> now it's a thing. The getting up early. And even when you travel, I know it focuses on Napa just from your place. It's got this beautiful view of the eastern the Vaca Mountains and you've got vineyard in the foreground. I mean it's just a gorgeous setting from where you are to take right. them. But even when you travel now, I've seen posts of yours, here I am along highway such and such in the middle highway, of wherever. Yeah, highway five on the way to LA or something like that. Yeah. Oregon. Or Oregon or wherever we might be. Uh, or So you yes. never take a break. So no no now it's a, a daily thing. But you know it I mean it's interesting. For one it's it's a really spectacular time of day. It's really quiet. I've always gotten up early ever since I had a paper out. Oh, okay. You're conditioned that way. I was conditioned, and I had helped my brothers with theirs when I was too young to do my own. So I like that time of day. I have a lot of energy. Um, it's also quiet and kind of meditative. And it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a way of appreciating that every day is a new day, that we get another chance every day, that it's, that it's just great to be alive, you know. So uh, it's, you know, it's kind of a meditative prayer in a way. Do gray days or rainy days disappoint you? Well, yeah, sometimes because I like the drama, but then you know it, it's you have to go beyond that because this is what we get. So appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I mean, and it's you know at the risk of it seeming monotonous, I think what balances that is is that it's this long record of of what's happening, and and so um, I am you know theoretically working on a show, and I have a bunch of elements planned, but I haven't quite made the commitment because there's a couple of elements that I haven't developed. Ooh, well, keep fully. us keep us in the loop. But, um, maybe in 214. All right. Okay, lots well, coming up soon. The Napa Valley Register, there's a couple of uh, blurbs about you uh, that seem to... This one specifically is about the Sunrise Project. And then there's another one that I just want to get your take on, not specifically, but it seems to relate from what you just said. But in the Napa Valley Register, uh, there's a little blurb. I'm just going to read it out loud. This is about you and the Sunrise... What do you call it? Project... I call it uh, Daybreak Napa Valley. Daybreak Napa Valley. I should write that down so I can say it right next time. (laughs) Daybreak Napa Valley. It says, uh, the photographer, who is also a painter of abstract art, said one of his goals for this project is to change the way he sees things. Here's your quote. As a visual artist, I always need to challenge myself, my assumptions, my habits. He described the act of getting up every morning and photographing the same spot as both repetitive and infinitely varied which I got a kick out of that. I mean, something that's so repetitive, you would expect to be the same, 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 yet it's yeah, never. It's never the same. It's never the same. You know, and one of my, you know, sometimes I comment when I put the uh, photo up in the morning, and one of my go-tos is, especially when we have, like, a, a section where it seems like it's the same thing every morning, we get this, like this year, this, the clear skies every morning. We had weeks of it for a while. Mm-hmm. But the, the go-to line is, just like yesterday, only completely different. Just different. <laughs> well, here's a quote from the San Francisco Chronicle. And this is just about 
your art. This has nothing to do with your photographs of the, of the sun rising. Um, but I can see how it might relate, and I want to get your comment. It says that uh, Bonnick's visual lexicon... I'm already lost. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll try it again. Bonnick's visual lexicon is beguiling in its spareness. In many of his works, the suggestion of chaos is inherent. But as the paintings develop, an order emerges, he says. Here's your quote. Other elements that excite me are vibrations, the emanation of light in some of the channels, forms in the negative space, and gracefulness of the lines. I want the work to have motion. Now, that was just talking about your painting, but I could completely see that being your take on Sunrise, maybe that why appeals to you, the light emanating, the the lines, the graceful. Yeah, I mean, there, there definitely is a connection, and it's, it's rooted, you know, in the Napa Valley. Um, Obviously, the, the sunrises are, are there's a vineyard in front, and there's they're they're you know they're less specific in the forms in some way the the, the sunrises, um, the activity tends to be in the clouds, um, which is you know amazing at times, and the paintings are more kind of this kind of my unit of vocabulary are these uh, ribbons of color or light or I call them channels sometimes because they they flow with energy. You know that that's the idea is that they're some conduit of energy, and those could be you know like roads. They could be grapevines. They could be branches of trees. They could be neurons. They could be uh, you know uh, uh, fiber optics. They could be you know any kind of thing, which is kind of a common form when you think about it, both at a small biological level uh, up to the to the big the big uh, picture as well there's this channels of energy and there's flow through them so mm-hmm. that's kind of what i tend to use as my unit of vocabulary but it's about connection and about energy and about you know light and um, and then the, one of the references in the in that article was about chaos i think i, I have a series of paintings I, I call thicket paintings because they're like a thicket of 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 branches, you know, mm. sort of like the prince cutting through the forest to find Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, yeah. But when you step back, the, another a, a larger order emerges, and the and the, the density and the chaos of that kind of fades back. So that's where I try to go with those thicket pieces. So you, you get both. Wow, I'm I'm impressed hearing that. Yeah, you know, I've seen your artwork, but now I'm going to see it in a completely different way with new eyes. Basically, thank you. Uh, that energy that you described, I mean, you both, well, just are full of energy. That's very apparent to anybody who's ever met you in person and spent, spent time with you. Besides the art, you're both very into music, and you were involved this past year with um, the Bottle Rock, the big national music festival here in Napa. As uh, Donna, you were the director of photography yes. for the festival, and mm-hmm. John, you were the director of visual environment. That must have been extremely... Exciting. It was exciting. It was rewarding. Uh, it was a new endeavor. Um, we loved being part of it. We loved working with. We loved working with Gabe Myers, uh, who was the visionary for the project. Um, being around the musicians, we were. We became involved with Bottle Rock probably December before. So six months before the project started, Gabe Myers asked us to participate. And we jumped at the chance. Yeah, I'll bet. Uh, it was a lot of work, a lot of meetings, but it was it was wonderful to be see how a festival like that just kept emerging and the layers mm. of people that it took 
to create it and how it just kept growing and growing and growing. I think that when we were asked to participate, there might have been 10 people. Uh, I don't even know if there were that many, really. It was yeah, very to, early on. It was very early to start creating it. And then when it actually came to be in mid-May, I don't even remember the size of the staff that they had built in a matter of six months. It was it's, huge. It was, it was very interesting because at one level, it was like babes on Broadway. It was like Judy Garland <laughs> and Mickey Rooney going, hey. Let's do a show. Right, right. <laughs> and we got to see this whole thing build. Yeah. And, but it was real, and it was really happening. And, of course, it was unbelievable that something of this nature, this large and ambitious, was happening in Napa. Um, you, I mean, in, in the entertainment field, you know, we have a lot of great things that go on in Napa. But it was kind of outside of Napa's past, and it was a big, obviously a big splash. And so it was It was just the thrill to be part of that. It really was. And, and I had the opportunity to um, interview and select uh, eight super talented photographers to work with because there was such a large, um, you know, there was three main stages plus the uh, comedy stage. So we oh, had yeah. to staff all that with photographers as well as roving photographers. And we also included students, uh, student photographers for to do volunteer work so they could get involved. Uh, we really wanted to have it be from some of the top professional uh, rock musician photographers in the country um, as well as... Uh, getting up-and-coming photographers that showed talent to get them involved. Oh, that's so fantastic. It was great. Good. And what is the... Oh, go ahead. You're gonna say I was something. just going to say, I, I do want to kind of qualify the, quote, director of visual environment, because I think I was maybe the first of the of uh, the people that Gabe brought on, and he kind of asked... Well, he had also had Dom Aresi, uh, uh, who's a great uh, graphic Line. designer from Plumline, um, who was already on board uh, doing more of the graphic work, but it all became a team effort for the whole visual environment. And what does that mean, though, visual, the director of visual environment? Well, it was, it was like, how, what are we going to make this event look like? Ah. You know, There's other big festivals as, a, as something to compare against. There's Coachella, and there's, there's even Burning Man. You know, what is a big outdoor space going to be filled with that, you know, again, like Donna was talking about photography, that captures the energy and also kind of alludes to the story of, of what's going on. And so how do you turn fun, abstract fun ideas into something real? So uh, we also had brought on Rich Von Saul, who's a great uh, mm -hmm. design builder here in, in, in town. And so uh, it became a real team effort, and um, I think we knocked it out of the park. Was there a specific aspect or piece that you did that you thought really you summed know, it all up? You know, I did one of, the, one of the first ones, and I, I think it helped set some of the tone for some of the visual stuff. I made these large bottles that are like nine feet tall mm. um, and three feet wide, and they're the shape of Bordeaux or, or Burgundy bottles, and they were made out of grapevines, kind of like yeah, a yeah. vine wreath, but uh, it was just solid all the way up. And these bottles are going to make another appearance this week at the film festival. Okay, yeah. At the, yeah, at the Gala, I think over at the... Uh, yeah, it's coming up on Copia. tomorrow. It's starting, yeah. Starting tomorrow, yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, it was fun. And then the ideas evolved out of that and these giant guitar necks that had <laughs> vines on them and... And and the graphics that uh, that Dom's people put together, and it was just it was really 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 fun and exciting. Oh, well, it's not surprising you get these really cool high profile gigs, you know, with the talent that you both have, the energy, uh, the enthusiasm, and you were also the Donna, the photographer for the 2008 inauguration. Oh, President Obama, you went to Washington. You we did. We went to Washington D.C. That was really an exciting. Um, exciting time to say the least when we were watching the uh, election results on november 2nd in 2007 right yeah <laughs> well eight i guess and then oh yeah, 2008 eight. 2008 yeah. right yeah. 2008 thank you it's always yeah, the right. even years yeah. sorry i should know that um 
when we were watching it and when I saw uh, Barack Obama, President Obama, walk on stage at Grant Park in Chicago. Oh, your hometown. Right, my hometown. When I saw that, I turned to John and I said, we're going. He said, what are you talking about? I said, we're going to this inauguration and we're going to be involved. <laughs> and, uh, and so you put that out in the universe. And, and we did. And we did. covered it. We, we were very fortunate. Um, we had uh, Garen Staglin helped us quite a bit uh, because he's very involved um, with Washington, D.C. So mm-hmm. he was wonderful. And Sherry Staglin. And also uh, we contacted um uh, Mike Thompson's office, and they gave us some guidance. But it took a lot of legwork for us to get into the inauguration and to be in the 13th row, I think. Yeah, we were. We had great seats. We, we were really, really fortunate. <laughs> well, if you're covering <laughs> it, I would assume they get you close. Yes. Well, there was, you know, they had requests. It was challenging because they had requests from journalists and photographers from all over the world. Sure. So they really had to narrow it down. And so we just had to keep calling and keep mm-hmm. petitioning and keep petitioning. Even though we had credentials from the Napa Valley Register, right. uh, it but, just took a <laughs> took Well, a we lot. found that the, the, the real doorway to get into some of these events wasn't really through the politicians. It was through the wine industry. Ah, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> they had way more we don't sway. really talk around here. <laughs> so it was, it was really a terrific uh, opportunity and um, a lot of fun just to be there. It was freezing. Uh, it was single-digit weather, and you we, had, we, we had to get out there at 7 a.m. Because if you didn't get out there early enough they stopped the flow of traffic oh, so and even the highways were closed so we had to walk on the highway to get to the inauguration wow. so wow. we were what out a there scene. it Millions was quite a people, scene yeah. it was quite a scene what but it was scene. really a moving moving time and you know you see all the celebrities i think reggie jackson was sitting in front of <laughs> us and i mean that was a lot of fun just to see all the people walking through <laughs> oprah, oprah Wy- any leave of it yeah any leave of it you know carolyn the, kennedy oh, and taking pictures along with her yeah it was it was pretty i have a picture impressive. of donna donna goes hey annie and i'm going like <laughs> who does she know here <laughs> and there then i got a picture of donna with annie Leibovitz. oh that's cool <laughs> it was very cool i got to see that one yeah but to see barack obama become our president of the united states was very exciting just to see just to be part you know whether you're republican democrat whatever just to be part of that change and that excitement was wonderful right, and you shared it with the whole community through the napa valley register yeah it was, was very cool. exciting you know there's something i want to ask you about and that is Totally changing subjects now, but you you help people fulfill dreams here in Napa Valley, <laughs> not just through art, but uh, through love. Oh. Would you like to talk about Aww. this? <laughs> That's right, Lauren. Isn't that sweet? It is. Listen to this. We have Who a couple minutes. Love, so love? Well, give us a brief. John, as, as an outshoot of our photography business, we have we have the honor of photographing people's weddings as well as everything else that we do. And uh, many times um, we get called just to photograph an elopement, just two people. And it's been interesting that this has become a trend. People have not really wanted to, many people, I shouldn't say, many people have wanted to change um, the approach of the big wedding and everything that goes along with it and do something just very simple, which is really just about the two of them. And uh, so John and I have created this offshoot uh, called Elopen Wine Country, where 
Um, we've had many people that were starting the big wedding and then they just gave it up and they said, mm. you know, we just want to get married, just the two of us. Um, can you help us? And so we created a package for them where they, all they have to do is show up with their marriage license and we will take care of everything else for them. The officiant, obviously I do the photography. Right. Um, we hire top quality, <laughs> top quality florist, uh, who's done work for French laundry and other, other locations. Um, we get a beautiful little wedding cake for them. Um, and this is for two, just two, two people, two, two people, people. Yeah, and may, maybe sometimes another couple's, are, yeah, know, or maybe parents the, or a couple friends are with them. But it's really just like a four small. people max. Yeah, yes, yeah, usually yeah. you know two, yeah. four, six, and um, and that's at elopeinwinecountry.com. dot com. Yes, you can get more information. There's beautiful photographs, of course, because Don has taken them. <laughs> so yeah, if you know anybody who's falling in love and needs to just get away and do it. <laughs> Elopeinwinecountry.com. You're in good hands with the Bonics. I've got to ask you something right now. This is very important to me and to, I think, the Napa community at large. Uh, do you go nuts for donuts? Do we go nuts yeah. for donuts? Oh, <laughs> I have here this pink box, fresh from Buttercream Bakery, with a selection of donuts. I'd like you to each take one of those donuts. Let's see which one you do. We're getting short on time here, so grab a donut. Don't give it too much thought. Gut reaction. You're right, Lauren. Can once we split again, one? You can split one if that's the one you yes, both wanted. Perfecto. And it is, once again, the maple old-fashioned. That is a show My favorite. My goodness. I'd say we're well into the 90th percentile <laughs> here. on psychological approach. That is. But I want to know, how would you? what would you be inspired to create while eating that donut? <laughs> a maple old-fashioned donut inspires you to... Boy, do that's what? a question. I would do a small painting with coffee. Okay, perfect. <laughs> a painting of coffee, Donna? Um, I think I would just do a stack of donuts and photograph them as a stack so you get a whole series. Wonderful. Donut I, series. I want... Well, we need both of those as uh, promos for the show here. And now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Libs. That's right. Sorry, folks. Johnny's not here. Okay, Lauren, I'm, who's Johnny? Well, let's not. you don't have to answer that right now. we got to get to this. This is Mad Libs. You're going to fill in the blanks as I ask, and we're going to see what happens. The listeners know what's about to occur. And here we go. The first thing I need is a plural noun. What's okay. a good plural noun? You want to go over that one? Plural noun. Plural noun. Um, talk right into the mic. I know you got donut going on, but let's hear plural <laughs> noun. Um, geese. Geese. Okay. We got geese. Next, I need a profession. Any profession? Um, dog bather. Dog bather. Okay, <laughs> that's a good one. An adjective, being artist, must have some good adjectives up your sleeves. Um, fuzzy. Fuzzy. I like that. Let's see how that's going to work. Now, uh, another adjective. Uh, stupendous. Lovely. Stupendous, a plural noun. Um, underpants. <laughs> now you found the level that I like here. Let's go low, as it were. Comedy gold. All right. And finally, another adjective. Go ahead, Donna. Bizarre. 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 You're not talking about anybody in this room, right? Bizarre, like weird, not bizarre, like a shopping area like no, no. bizarre yeah. strange. strange okay strange <laughs> what i've done now is i have gone online and i have found some information about the two of you well this one this first portion is going to be about the uh, napa's art walk that we spoke of earlier 
and you've just rewritten the blurb about that. And here it is about Napa's Art Walk. On Franklin Street, facing First Street, is the exhibit's only local work. That's right. You're the one local artist. Donna Bonick's Windows in the Sky, a triangular metal pillar overlaid with photographs of geese. There you go. <laughs> this, oh, here's your quote. This is something I've thought of doing for several years, and when I saw this opportunity, I wanted to participate, said Bonick, a dog bather who used her <laughs> art walk piece... <laughs> who used her art walk piece to blend photography with sculpture. I'm hoping to continue doing fuzzy installations. This is giving me more incentive to keep going. Now, about your uh, Daybreak... Why can't I say it? Project Daybreak Napa Valley. This is about John's Daybreak Napa Valley project. The photographer, who is also a painter of abstract art, said... I think this is the blurb I read earlier. Okay, here we go. From the register... Uh, said one of his goals for this project is to change the way he sees things. As a stupendous artist, <laughs> how you like yourself, huh? Modest. <laughs> yeah. I always need to challenge myself, my assumptions, my underpants. <laughs> you can laugh out loud. He's got his head back. This is radio. You can uh, let it fly. Okay. It's all right. Uh, he described the act of getting up every morning and photographing the same spot as both repetitive and infinitely bizarre. <laughs> well done. That well, works. Perfect. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're doing it. I want to thank you, John and Donna Bonick. Their you, websites John. are for Donna's photography, dkbphoto.com, johnbonick.com, and elopeinwinecountry.com. We'll talk to you next week on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show.